0: On this episode of the Disciple Henson podcast, we have Michael Lawrence talking about the Pastoral Residency Program. As he cast a vision for this program, I hope you see the importance of the church's role in the residency as we train up future pastors. Welcome, Disciple Henson listeners. We have another special guest. He is our lead pastor, a.k.a. TML, a.k.a. the Michael Lawrence, a.k.a. the guy who preaches probably most often here at the church. And Michael, you have been with the Disciple Hinson podcast uh, multiple times already. Yeah, a few times, but I think this is my first time with you, PK. And I think you've had every host, Jeff Chang, uh, In yep. India, mm-hmm. Dan Schreiner, and, Dan. and then now me. Now you. That's so great. you are just... Everywhere. Do, okay. I get, do, do I get a gold jacket at some point if uh, I show I fun think enough? by the fifth uh, coast, okay. then you get a gold jacket. All right, all right. It might be a green jacket you or know, a green if you jacket. Play, uh, play golf, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, But I wanted to bring you into uh, the podcast room so that we could cast some pods. And uh, the main topic that we want to discuss today is this pastoral residency thing. So the last one we'd had was actually my class in 2019. That's right. Two years ago. That's right. Because, you know, last year, I mean, it was
1: not really a class because you need to have at least two to have a class. You got to have two to have a class, right? So we we ran an independent study for for Justin Barber.
0: So Justin Barber, give you a shout out for the 2020 year. Uh, It was a wild year, but here we are, 2021. We have three full-timers and two part-timers. If you want to know more, you can find out by coming to to the church. Um, But what exactly is this pastoral residency? So like, yeah, what is the program?
1: Yeah, Uh, basically, the pastoral residency program is a program designed to train pastors and send them out to uh, either uh, uh, lead or plant healthy biblical churches, uh, we call it a residency program, seven internship. You'll hear you'll hear me call them interns quite often because that's what they are. They are interns, but we call it a residency program because, in part, it's like a medical residency. We are trying to immerse them uh, into the the life of a local church, uh, the work of a pastor. We try to cram a lot into a short period of time, so uh, we we even tell them, "Hey, do, you know." We're going to run you pretty hard for these, mm. for these five months. Don't assume that that's what normal life is going to look like. Uh, but but it, it, the, the whole thing is designed to put a lot of information in their heads, but then also uh, expose them yeah. uh, to a lot of what it means to be a pastor.
0: And I just want to press on the practical note. So like, what does a week look like for this residency Yeah. For the residents. Right.
1: So uh, the week starts with the Lord's Day on Sunday, and so they are there just like any other member of the church. Uh, It's important to us that the residents are members of the church, Mm -hmm. that they're both under the authority of the elders and that they are fully a part of the life of the church. So they're there on Sunday mornings, Uh, they are back on Sunday evenings, and they are always present at service review after the Sunday evening service. So Sundays are a full day for them. Uh, they are certainly observing lots of things, and on occasion, they'll be able to help out with things on a Sunday. Uh, Monday is kind of a down day for them because the office is officially closed, though they have a paper due on Monday. Uh, Tuesdays, they're in staff meeting, and they're in elder meetings when we have elders' meetings on Tuesday evenings. Uh, Wednesdays, they are, are, are the heart of the program, They either in the morning or in the evening. That's when we get together. And talk through all of the reading and writing that they did the previous week. Mm-hmm. It's like a graduate level symposium on the church. Uh, Thursdays and Fridays is more of the same. They're also so they're doing a lot of reading and writing uh, throughout throughout the week. So this pastoral residency, it's not. I mean, I've been
0: at many churches where the residency program or internship program, it's a lot of doing ministry. So yeah, no, that's what not, you're saying is not. No, no, yeah. no, no,
1: no. Uh, once, uh, a lot of people use interns or residents mm-hmm. as cheap labor, mm-hmm. uh, so they they run their their youth program off of it or some other specific ministry yep. off of it. That is not the purpose of this residency. It's not how it's structured. We actually know uh, because we're doing ministry ourselves that boy, once you're in ministry, you don't have time to really think about first principles. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to ask questions like, well, what is the church, and yeah. what would make it healthy, and what is a pastor, and how's, uh, w- w- what's what's his job description? No, because you've got deadlines. Uh, ministry is relentless. You know, the sun sets, and the sun rises, and it's a new day, and you've got another sermon to preach, or you've got another lesson or or, or, or another meeting to be at. Yeah. So we actually, in the residency, want to give our residents time to step back from the pressure mm-hmm. of producing, uh, the pressure of, of actually running ministry programs and instead, give them the space to read the scriptures deeply, to read what other authors have said about the ministry, about the local church, to ask some of those kind of first principle questions that that most people never take the time to ask, and, and then begin to build for themselves an understanding of both the local church and local church ministry. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Um, but, but Michael, so...
0: Sounds like this is a great idea, but like, is this a biblical idea? Like, I mean, you're spending a lot of time, you know, doing these discussions on Wednesdays. There's a lot of time spent for this residency program. So like, is this part like a side, side gig or is
1: this like one of your job descriptions? Yeah. So I, uh, I think actually it is the responsibility of the church to raise up and send out the next generation of pastors. Mm. Uh, we take that for granted for missionaries. We know mm-hmm. that the church needs to raise up missionaries to take the gospel co- cross culturally, but I think sometimes we forget that. Oh wait, we got to do the same thing for the next generation of pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, seminaries are really important, you, you know, and they are able to get some very technical knowledge and skills into a, a, a potential a future pastor. Yeah, but seminaries don't make pastors. Seminaries. Uh, well, because they're run by seminary professors, they often produce professors. professors <laughs> yeah. Um, but but what seminaries certainly do is give a lot of information, but they don't they don't form. They're not able to form. Mm-hmm. They're not able to, to shape and actually produce real pastors. The church has got to do that. Yeah, and we see that in Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Jesus didn't go down to the local um, synagogue. And and trust that they had trained the guys and he was just gonna hire some of them to now go and change the world, mm-hmm. right? No, no, he spent three years investing in them, shaping mm-hmm. them, training them for the mission he was gonna send them on. And then we see, and it just keeps going, mm-hmm. right? So uh if I had a biblical basis for the the residency, it'd be 2 Timothy 2, 2, where mm-hmm. where Paul says to Timothy, who by the way, Paul trained Timothy, yeah. right? Uh he says to Timothy, What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mm -hmm. Paul had a vision. He understood that it would be the local church that would raise up that next generation of people and send them out for more church planning as well as for cross-cultural missions. So yeah, I think this is right at the heart of, of who we are as a church, what we're to be doing. Uh, I think it flows out of uh, the Great Commission mm-hmm. to go into all the world, which also, by the way, includes the west side of Portland, yep. where you know maybe Lord willing we'll be able to plant a church at some point. Oh, you um, heard, you've heard it from you, you heard it said. there. There it is. Or 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 you know that that includes actually other churches in the region yeah. that maybe once were faithful and thriving, but have fallen on hard times. And so maybe there'll be an opportunity to get a guy in there to to, to help breathe some some new life into yeah. that work. Yeah, this is this is our job as a church. Yeah. Not just my job as a pastor. Yeah. But our job as a church.
0: And and I love that. And uh, on that note, um, I just want to zoom out a little bit. So clearly Paul is encouraging uh Timothy to train these new guys to then train new guys right. and send them out. Um but historically, you love history. Yeah. You're a big history fan. So like tell us historically, like throughout church history, like is this Residency type thing seen, or is this kind of a new idea? Like,
1: or are you doing something old? Oh, I'm doing something really old here. Okay, um, just give y- us some y- highlights. Y- yeah, if you if you just think about church history, I mean, a- Augustine sat under Ambrose, who was the bishop uh, and uh, of Milan, who and who trained him. Right. Uh, fa- fast forward uh, to the Reformation. The, 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 the universities that we know of as some of the oldest and greatest universities in the world, Cambridge, where reformers were made, and Oxford, where reformers were burned, um, those were both formed as training schools for mm. ministers. Yeah. Well, so the Puritan movement comes, in one sense, from Cambridge University, as that university was really uh, taken over by the gospel— and and some some colleges were even founded at the time of the reformation to produce uh gospel ministers but what those guys would do after they graduated mm-hmm. with their ba which qualified them almost to go be a parish priest mm-hmm. what they would do at that point is they would go and live with another puritan pastor somewhere in england wow uh and they would live with him for 2 years they would, they would sit under his teaching, they'd be formed by his ministry, they would help out in the local church, uh, and then after two years, they would go back to Cambridge or Oxford, uh, where they would sit another set of exams, and now they would be masters, and they'd be qualified to go out and be parish priests. So, yeah. so even in the presence of schools, mm-hmm. seminaries is what we call them now, yeah. e- even back then they understood, oh, but the school doesn't make you a pastor, yeah. it just teaches you Greek and Hebrew. It, it, it gives you a body of knowledge. Yeah you got to be in a church mm-hmm. and you got to be under a faithful pastor mm-hmm. to learn what it is to be a church and to be a faithful pastor. Yeah. And I love that uh
0: the terminology residency instead of internship, because the residency really gets at the idea that um it's not just like a, your training program. That's right. You know, it's the church's it's the role church. in raising these men and, and pouring and investing. So that's where I want to really focus our time now is just, okay, like, why should I be excited as a church member? Like, how can I get involved with this residency program? Because clearly I'm not the one, like, teaching these guys. So, but like, yeah, how can I get involved into this program?
1: Yeah, so I think it's, uh, I I think that's a great question. And I think it's often misunderstood because people sometimes think, oh, the residents, uh, they take a lot of Michael's time and it's kind of Michael's thing and he puts a lot of time into Mm -hmm. them and, and not into other things. And, and we're sort of excluded. And that nothing could be further from the truth. So the residency, as I was saying earlier, it does have, like half of it is about the reading and the writing mm-hmm. and then the discussion that we have every week. But the other half of it is their immersion into the life of the church. Uh, uh, again and again, what I've learned over the years, both when I ran something similar in D.C. Yeah. and now here at Hinson, uh, is, is that guys will come for the... For the, the formal training, the time with the pastor, but they stay for the church mm. because when they get here, they realize this church is amazing and I need to learn from it. So as we immerse them in we, you know, every every resident is in a small group. They're in Sunday school classes, yeah. they are in discipling relationships, they're out there in the in the life of the church. And what happens over the five months and sometimes longer, as guys decide, I got to stick around for more of this. Mm-hmm. It's really the church that forms them. Yeah, It's not me. Yeah, it, It's not the formal training program. The formal training program we have gives them some important theology that seminaries are no longer teaching. But it's the church that actually begins to form them and shape them into future pastors, mm-hmm. but also that gives them a vision for what a healthy church looks like. Yeah. Most of us are just not smart enough. Yeah. Blue sky it, right? What What do you mean by blue sky? Well, what, like, come up with something that that we've never seen before, but oh, I I see it in my imagination or I've read it in a book and I've kind of conceived it in my head and now I'm going to create it. Now, that's not the way it Mm -hmm. works. Most of us simply recreate what we've already seen. Yeah. We're all working off models. We see that in our family life and our parenting. You know, we are, for better or worse, shaped by what our parents Mm -hmm. did. Uh, Well, it's the same with church. So I can put a lot of good information in a guy's head by having him read stuff and write stuff and talk with yeah. me about it. But if, if but if he's never seen it lived out, if he's never actually experienced and tasted a vital, healthy church like mm-hmm. Henson, he'll want to produce that someday, but he won't do it. Yeah. Because he will inevitably fall back on the models and the practices and the habits of the churches that he's been in, which may not have been so healthy. So, I just can't stress enough how important Henson as a church is yeah. to this residency program by so, how do you get involved? keep being the healthy church that you are. It's it's, it's actually simply by being who you are, investing in one another's lives, giving them a vision of a culture of discipling, Mm -hmm. investing in non-Christian friends as they see a culture of evangelism work out, being a community that loves one another and bears one another's burdens, Mm -hmm. that sits joyfully under the preaching of God's word and sings out with gusto. All of that is shaping these guys in ways that you'll never know, actually, probably, because they're going to go off someday, and pastor some other church, and because they've seen it live and in action here, they've got a model that they're going to be able to then work towards in a new place.
0: Yeah. So in, in other words, Michael, what I'm hearing is there's things that are, you're literally, there's some things that are taught, yep. but there's a lot of things that are being caught that That's right. you're not even involved in. It's, it's just church is just being who she is. And we're watching that in the morning services. We're watching that on Monday to Saturday in the life being lived out. So that is amazing. Um, What encouragements do you have for the church uh, in particular to, uh, yeah, just keep getting behind these men that, you know, some of them, they eventually leave. So it's kind of like, you know, I've I've always heard it, uh, you're hugging a parade. So how how do we keep doing these like, Uh, we'll see you later. I mean, we did that twice already and we're hopefully doing that with the Sylvester's soon. So like,
1: what encouragements do you have for us to keep doing this without being tired or weary? Yeah. So several things. First, let me just say, thank you church for giving financially to make this possible. This This is a large financial investment and I'm just so grateful that the church is behind that. You know, we started this in 2012. I thought it was too early. The elders said, no, it's time. Go ahead and do it anyway. And ever since then, the church has just given faithfully to make it happen. So I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But I do recognize that being a sending church is costly mm-hmm. in more ways than money. It, it's, it's also costly emotionally. Mm-hmm. Because you get to know somebody, you begin to invest in somebody, you, you build a friendship, and then and then they leave. Yeah. And they might leave because we're sending them out to the global field, or they might leave because we're sending them to be the pastor of a different church. Uh, yeah, it is hugging a parade, but what I what I also want to say is uh, this is the Christian life. I mean, yeah. the Christian life is a life in which all of us are deployed, right? We're, we're, we we go wherever the master, our commander in chief, tells us to mm-hmm. go, um, and we we understand that in this life we we're, we're pilgrims. To use one image, uh, we're, we're we're an army. Or the Lord's army, yeah. as it were, taking a message that conquers death and sin. Uh and 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 therefore we're we're all we're on the move. Uh, and that's just the nature of discipleship. And the Lord is gonna send people. Now, I'm you know, I'm I'm always hoping that the Lord will also cause a lot of people to stay. Yeah. You know, yeah. we need some people to stay <laughs> that's right. uh so that we can keep sending out, yeah. but but the Lord is gonna continue to send people. And so I think it's it's important to remember that those relationships that are formed are a going to produce great fruit down the road somewhere else. Mm, that's and point. you are going to have a hand in the conversion or the growth and sanctification or the sending out of others that you you won't know until you get to heaven. Mm. Because you were a part of oh, investing good. in somebody that was sent out. yeah that's good so but the, but then B remember there is going to be a day when the deployment and the sending comes to an end mm. there's going to be a day when God's people are finally and fully gathered And I love that hymn that we' sing as we as we look forward to heaven where congregations mm-hmm. never, <laughs> never break yeah. up yeah. and Sabbaths never end yet that's not today yeah but we do what we do today for that day. And, oh, is it going to be sweet? Mm, That's great. Um, Again, you
0: know, Michael, you love uh, history. So can you just trace just evidences of God's grace since the start of 2012, this pastoral residency, just evidences of God's grace that you see that we've just benefited from 2012 to now, Uh, perhaps, you know, how we've sent out from— People to to the nations or locally, yeah, just however way you want to just highlight some of the. Well, well let me let
1: me highlight one of the ways that we benefited because people came to the residency and they stayed, right? Mm-hmm. So Mark Whitcomb, who is now a beloved associate pastor, came for the residency. Yep. Uh, Neil Woolard, another associate pastor. He he didn't come to be associate pastor here. He and I were talking just the other day. Actually, he was, he was sharing his testimony with the other resi- the, yeah. this class of residents, and he was saying, "I had no expectation of being hired here. You know, we were just here for a while while my for wife school, was in yeah. seminary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 so, but but they're at Hinson, they came to Henson, They're at Henson for that residency, and and now he's an associate pastor. And and that that has happened again and again and again. You're here as a PA, Jeff Wilson Hume is mm-hmm. a PA, and and you're just the next in a, in a line of people yep. that have done that. So so the church continues to benefit uh, because some of the guys do come, yeah, and the Lord opens up a door for them to stay longer term, yeah. But then of course that that blessing of of sending guys out. I mean, I think about when I got here. Um, when people ask me why why do you want to. Why do you want to take a church in Portland? You, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm an associate pastor in Capitol Hill, and um, I got no family yep. west of the Appalachian Mountains. Why are you going to move all the way to Portland?
0: Because it's the West Side, right? <laughs> uh, well,
1: yeah. Well, see, this was the thing. You yeah. know, back then, what was really blowing up at mm-hmm. the time was Mars Hill, mm-hmm. and I knew I knew Mark Driscoll. Yeah. We had done some stuff together, and I and I had I did some research, and of course. Uh, I'd learned about Henson and and Western and a real heritage of faithfulness. But as I did my research, I realized, you know, there's just not much going on in the Portland area or, Mm. frankly, in the Pacific Northwest that is characterized by the kinds of things we talk about in Nine Marks, Mm. a priority of expositional preaching, um, a, a right understanding of the gospel and conversion, and then a culture of evangelism, discipleship, rather than something that's heavily program-driven mm-hmm. and attractional. Yeah. So I found myself thinking, that's that enough is that's good enough reason to go, right? To 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 see if we can't demonstrate that a healthier model of church also works in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. All right. So when I landed uh, and began that work, and I, I began to look around for other guys in the area that might be like-minded. I didn't find many. Wow. I mean a hand like a handful. Wow, that's that's but, amazing. But now I think about it and I think, wow, we've got we've got a pastor down in Corvallis mm-hmm. and a pastor in Selwood, and uh we we've got a pastor up in up, and mm-hmm. we've we've sent a guy up to Seattle and we have strengthened relationships and sent others uh, over to the west side and we've been able to form a whole network of churches. That are all striving together uh towards the same goal. Yeah. Right. We we've we've been able to send Virgil out to plant a church uh in, in northeast Portland. And we, you know, we hope to do more of that. So I the the changed landscape of of just churches and networks of like minded pastors is striking to yeah. me. Uh and the residency is a big part of that. Um and then and then of course we've also seen the fruit of it. And sending guys out to the, and and, and families out yeah. to the field, out to the global field. Yeah. Uh, whether that's uh, the, the Lawrences mm-hmm. and the Rileys, the Sylvesters, hopefully soon. You know, we were able to to invest in the Matsuokas for their time uh, overseas. And and I've also really been encouraged because I think some of the things that we're doing here, Villem uh, and Carol Nell in Mozambique yeah. have, have seen, and they've been able to pick up some of the things that we're doing and incorporate it into a their different into their work yep. in a very different context, yeah, and and that just continues to go. Not 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 to mention, uh, Mako in, yeah. in East Asia. I mean, you know, so it just yeah. the and and we've really just begun.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been less than ten years, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'm I'm super excited and looking forward to the the future with just how God will use, uh, just this pastoral residency to really build healthy local churches. Um, And uh, the last uh, comment that I want to hear from you is um, the last year we've had probably a lot of new members, a lot of big turnover just with this COVID situation. So uh, for the new listener, you know, what encouragements do you have for the new member that's just joined within this last year? And they're like, Oh, okay. This new residency thing, what encouragements do you have for them?
1: They're not, you know, they're new to the church. They're new, they're new to the church. Sure. Uh, invite a resident to lunch. Mm-hmm. Invite them over to your house for dinner. Uh, let, them, let them grill you with questions. Uh, why, did you, why did you land at Henson? Mm-hmm. Uh what 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 are you learning at Henson? Uh l- let them let them learn from you as a new member uh, of what brought you here and what's keeping you here. Uh, and and immediately, just through that hospitality towards them, uh, you become part of the shaping and training and formation that is yeah. the Henson residency program. Yeah. So so reach out to them, get to know them, pray for them. Uh, we it's it, it's an it's a grueling program in mm-hmm. some ways. They, mm-hmm. ru- they read a lot, they write a lot. Um, they are constantly getting feedback, some of it encouraging, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but a lot of it constructive. <laughs> yep. You know, so pray for them, pray for their souls. Uh, their spirit you know that they yeah. would that they be encouraged pray for their families yep. uh, because it is very intense and I know that um uh for those that are married with kids uh that the the wives carry a lot mm-hmm. during the residency mm-hmm. program so pray for their wives and show and show some love and hospitality to to their families I yeah. know that they Really appreciate that. Oh, that's awesome!
0: Uh, Any other word that you want to just talk about the pastoral residency as a whole or in general? Anything you want to?
1: Well, I I just want to reiterate that the the residency program and ministry is not a ministry to and for pastors. It is a ministry of this entire church Mm -hmm. to and for future churches. Yeah, as we give ourselves sacrificially. Not so much for our own good, yeah, but for the good of others that that we are yet to even meet, yeah. and I think that's, that's that just that just sounds like the Christian life yeah, right that sounds like the christian life where where we lay down our lives uh for the good of others, expecting nothing in return, and yet knowing an extraordinary blessing as a result, yeah.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. This is the Disciple Henson podcast, and we have our special guest host, Michael. I hope to have you on here again. Maybe I hope to be the host, but we'll see because <laughs> Dan will be back one day, and uh, I may be out of the job of the Disciple Henson <laughs> podcast. So uh, we'll Thank hope you, to PK. see you soon. All right. Well, that is there you have it. And goodbye.